Happy Monday, another week and another show of the Bet Like Bike Show, WindDailySports.com. My name is John Jansen, of course, joined as always by the star of the show, Mike North, at North to North. Johnny J's here with everybody, ladies and gentlemen, spreading uh, his knowledge as we as he always does. He had a pretty decent uh week. Hope everybody had a good weekend. We got some more stuff for you. Check everything out on the borders here, John. Jansen, you know, Johnny J, yours truly, Mike North, all sorts of good things coming up. Don't forget, we are the best in the fastest 20 minutes in sports, and we will give you our picks at the 15-minute mark uh, of what we got. Uh, to me, slim board tonight. I know we got an NBA game. We got an NHL game. Got some baseball, but when I say slim board, John, I say, hey, you know what? Is there something that's gettable? And yesterday, uh I did two things. Uh, I did something I don't usually do. First of all, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of proposition bets? Are you a proposition bet guy? Because I go back to the day before there was any proposition bets. You either bet the total or you bet the side. There was no halftime bets. There was nothing. You bet the game, and then you go away for a while. They would show the scores of the NFL games every half hour. I mean, you had to call. Uh, sports phone to see what the scores were. It was so <laughs> archaic, and that wasn't that long ago. So now they got these proposition bets. I can remember when the first started with the fridge scoring a touchdown against the 49ers, uh, you know, uh, or, or, or the fridge scoring in the Super Bowl and stuff like yeah. that instead of Walter Payton. So what do you think of proposition bets, first of all? I love prop bets. Prop bets are great, especially um, the NBA. They've been very profitable. NBA, you know, can be uh, very hit or miss at times when betting sides and even totals. So NBA props has been – I think there's there's a market that a lot of people found in NBA props that have been very valuable and uh, very e- – not easy to bet on because nothing's easy, but easier and easier to find trends and uh, being able to find bets to cash a lot more. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're an illogical guy like me, contrarian guy, I mean, there's some bets on the board. So I decide, okay, I'll take this bet. This can't be true. This can't be true. Bobby Portis is going to get more than six and a half points. That's how it looks right. like on the surface. Right. So I take the under because it doesn't it doesn't seem possible. And what does he do? He's got eight points. And, like, you know, Giannis gets in foul trouble. The next yep. thing I know, Mike, that's over with. That's the bad thing about proposition bets. They can be over with real quick. But to me, it just seems like you just brought it up, John. It seems more logical that those bets usually come through. Yeah, you know? it does. And, and especially if you're able to find a, a matchup that, you know, a guy like a, a point guard. I know during the season, our guy, Ghost, here on the Windelli Sports team, always would take primary ball handlers against the Clippers because the Clippers just aren't good at handling guards like that. And so he would take a lot of their props and was hitting on them left and right. Uh, so I, it's just matchups can dictate it, uh, especially now in the playoffs. A lot of people look at Devin Booker, Chris Paul, you know, Trey Young, the stars of all these teams and kind of uh, nobody is betting on somebody else like Zubats, uh, for example. Right. And so he gets a little bit more value because nobody's really paying attention uh, to his props and betting on it. Uh, so, yeah, you can find plenty of value all over the place. For their- well, I'll tell you what. I don't know if you want to put up his scorecard from yesterday, if you have time while I'm talking and spewing. Bubba Watson, every golf bet is a 
proposition bet if you're playing matchup golf. Now, yesterday was a mixed bag for me. Last week, I had John Rahm among uh, four or five golfers, and I cashed big. This week, I didn't. But I'll tell you what saved me. The only thing that saved me from my day being a total disaster and just, in, in, you know, instead of just like the Titanic brushing the iceberg at first right. was yeah. Russell Henley I took to beat Bubba Watson, even though I took Bubba Watson to win the tournament. So Watson's coasting along, kicking my ass. Henley's a plus two, right? Yeah. Bubba Watson did the impossible. I never thought it was possible for a professional golfer to do this. Is, is it possible for me? Yeah, every round. <laughs> if you look at his scorecard from yesterday, folks, this is what they would call, you know, they talk about bad beats. This is a sweet win for me. He had five bogeys in a row to end up plus three for the round while Russell Henley was plus two. So I win that matchup. But I would ask John this. I'm, I've been watching golf forever. I can't remember a golfer of his ilk having five bogeys in a row. Do you remember anything like that? And that scorecard is unbelievable. So it did save my day. But proposition bets can get you in trouble, can't they? Yeah, they, they certainly can, because uh, as you said, it could be over quickly. Uh, oh. So, yeah. Oh, it, Bobby it's, Jr. Oh. Right, you're relying on one player to do one specific thing. Like, if you're betting rebounds, you know, you're betting on a player to, honestly, you're betting on people to miss and this player to rebound the ball. So, yeah, props are always uh, – it could end quickly, but, again, there's so much value in some of them that, you know, even if you lose a couple, you'll likely end up winning if you're finding the right places to. But yeah, Watson, I would say I haven't seen an, an epic collapse collapse like that. Maybe in a little oh, while. But the thing is, but is Bryson DeChambeau did something not as bad but similar at the U.S. Open when he was double bogeying, triple bogeying. I think yeah. two or three straight. Uh, so DeChambeau, I would nominate for that as well. All right, and we go on to our next subject. That was fun, but we got to go to Guerrero Jr. and Hotani. Okay, we're talking MVP here, ladies and gentlemen. First for the American League. Okay, I'm a I, when Guerrero. If I bet against Toronto and there's men on base, I I clearly almost crap the bed <laughs> when I'm betting against Toronto and Guerrero's up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I got, oh yeah. Otani is great. Don't get me wrong. I know he's got like, he's on a rampage. The guy's a great pitcher. I mean, he's the first guy since Babe Ruth to put up numbers, not only offensively, but pitching wise. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. They're both great. This could be one of the closest MVP votes of all time because I'd rather face Otani than Guerrero right now. And I know. I had no use for Guerrero about a year or two ago. I said he was going to eat himself out of the league. And his nickname was going to be called Sir Eats a Lot, if you will. But you know what? He's come around. How do you view this race right now? I think it's between those two, John. Yeah, and I I think it is between those two for sure. Uh, I would have to give it to Otani, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and, yeah, Black Girls probably no argument. More Right, and Vlad Guerrero is, I would say, probably a more fierce hitter at this point. Yeah, just Beast. incredible. But Beast. it's and, and Otani would would only win this award, and he would be in it if it was just his hitting. Uh, but the reason why he is to me the front runner is you have to add the pitching in because he has been electric in both of them. If he loses one, like let's say 
halfway through the year and something, yeah. God forbid, happens and he can't pitch and he only hits right. for the rest of the season, I don't know if that wins him the MVP. But the fact that he's doing both and he's doing both at an insanely high level uh, and, and the numbers back it up too. Like Shohei Otani is one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball. Uh, and he's one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. That is just – that's incredible to me. And, of course, that means he's probably going to be right now the front runner, but he has to keep that up. That's the tough part. He has to keep up both. Yeah. And, I, that, you know, again, that's it's really tough. And, you know, just one little thing, an injury, something like that, could, could definitely keep him out of it. All right, let's talk about the other one, DeGram and whoever. But, see, I'm a believer. That's why the Cy Young is in place. I've always been against an MVP being a pitcher. Because, okay, first of all, he doesn't win every time he pitches. I understand how great he is. I hear it every day. The New York people shove it right up our rear ends. Like I haven't seen Koufax. Like I haven't seen Gibson. Like I haven't seen Randy Johnson. Like I haven't seen Don Drysdale. Like I haven't seen Juan Marichal. I'll go all night long like Lionel Richie. So I don't. I understand. But but slow down. I understand. The Grom's great. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be close to New York. You saw what happened with Tom Thibodeau. I think there was better uh, coaches like uh, Snyder or the guy from Phoenix that should have won coach of the year. But Thibodeau got it because of New York. I think it's the ground. But what's your take on Cy Young, to me, is the MVP of uh, of pitching. Should the a pitcher win MVP? Um, That's tough. Uh, yeah, I know what's that's happening. That's what I do here. Yeah, I know it's happened before, and I would say yes, but, you know, it would have to be, you know, it would have to show that much value. And I guess right now you could consider Jacob DeGrom that because, A, when he is hitting, I mean, the guy is hitting close to like 500 or something, like something ridiculous. Uh, but an ERA of under one, if he kept that up, which that would be remarkable, and I don't think it happens. But Which could yeah, win him a Cy Young, that's it. Which that would, that would win him a Cy Young, but I would have to consider him MVP at that point. This guy is allowing – you know, under one earned run. Who was after him? Who's the, MP, who's the MVP of the National League after him if it's if he should go down or get injured? Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr. still is up there for me. I would have to say yeah, it would Atlanta's be him. Atlanta's not getting it done either. Well, they're okay. Right, they're not. Uh, he's just been – he's been too good, though. He's in the home run race, even though he's falling behind a little bit. How about Tatis? Tatis would be two. Uh, it's between, I would say, Ronald Acuna and Fernando Tatis. But he can't field his position. He might make 30 years at shortstop. That's brutal. I understand what he brings to the table as right. far as uh, hitting the baseball. But a shortstop that makes almost 30 years, that's horrible. It's absolutely deplorable. But hopefully things balance out for him. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's going to be interesting. Now, what's interesting so the MVP thing right now, you got Hotani, I got uh, 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 Guerrero. Uh, I you got, it's going to be tough. The Gram, New York, the whole ball right. of wax. It's going to be very tough. Not winning right now, so that's it. Let's talk about Milwaukee last night. Let's talk about the NBA real quick. Uh, another injury, Trey Young, freak injury, steps on the ref's foot. I'm not blaming the ref. Trey Young backing up. What have you has a sprained ankle? I mean, Barkley already has said that it's going to be over. That means it should carry on. Uh, are you pronouncing them dead on arrival? Uh, you know, uh, Brogdon, Brogdanovich ain't getting his job done. Having problems also. Uh, Milwaukee seems like a well-oiled machine, and I mean, when Middleton steals the headlines from 
the Greek freak. It looks like a fate complete, but I don't think it's over yet. Um, no, I wouldn't say it is over, but it's it's getting there. Uh, I know the the injury to Trey Young certainly doesn't help, uh, but this I, I think the the Bucks are certainly becoming a little bit too overwhelming uh, for the Hawks because with with Middles, Middleton scoring thirty eight, that was absolutely incredible, was and they wild. finally finally able to find a way to stop Drew Holiday. Because uh, Drew Holiday was having a tremendous series in the first two games, stopped him, and then Chris Middleton destroyed you for 38 points. So it just it feels like no matter what the Hawks do, almost at this point defensively, that they just have not been able to find a way. Meanwhile, you know they, other than Trey Young, just have not found a way to to find points. You know Kevin Herter isn't doing it. He was four for 11, 11 points. Uh, John Collins six for eight, 13 points, but that's just not enough from a number two score. And they're they're really relying on Gallinari. A lot. He had hey, close to hey, hey, yeah, he, had, he had close to thirty six minutes, but Gallinari obviously can't. Guy, Gallinari can't play a lick of defense, so it's just they're they're leaving a guy out on the floor who's a complete liability. So I just I think the Hawks are sort of running out of options here. I am proud to say, as a fellow Italian American, I'm half Irish, half Italian, about my guy Gallinari. I know they play defense in Italy for soccer, but as far as boxing is concerned, I, my good friend Jake LaMotta would have been the first to tell you, our, the best defense was our face, but we got to come after you guys, basically. We're not known for our defense, uh, Italian-Americans. <laughs> we're, we're, we, like to go, we like to go down swinging, if you will, and Gallinari is the classic example uh, of that, John. So, yeah, I mean... Atlanta, it's been a great season, no matter what. I think the thing now tonight we got the Clippers and we got uh, uh, the Suns. I got to be honest with you, I got nothing on this game. I, I mean, I tried to come up with something. I don't know if you have a pick for this game tonight. We're going to get to our pick segment, but a quick uh, review of this. Uh, to me, the Clippers should be dead on arrival. Also, um, I just think that they got too many weapons on Phoenix. Aiton's been a has been a, a a complete and utter joy yep. to watch. I think he's been the wild card here uh, because Paul was hurt. But you know you had Paul and you had Booker going ten for forty. Aiton's been the guy. Speaking of proposition, but that's constantly going over. What's your take, real quick? We got about a minute. Uh, I I would have to lean Suns here, but the five and a half's a lot. These have been close games. It all just comes down to honestly, Devin Booker has not been great this series. Uh, he has to wake up, and it, I mean, if he does put up 30 points, like I think everybody's expecting him to this series over and over again, if he can do that, this game is over. Uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be a close game. So the five and a half to me is is a little iffy. Yeah, I, did you have? I, if you had to, uh, I mean, I looked at the total. I looked at everything. I I can't come up with an answer. I mean, I just can't. I mean, there's nothing like betting an NBA game. I mean, there really isn't, especially in the playoffs, but I just can't come up with anything as substantial as far as yeah. that game's concerned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what America yearns for, what America hopes for, <laughs> what America loves to indulge in, define sport. Yes, it is a sport. Who coaches more than us at home? I was coaching my ass off yesterday. He first in golf, <laughs> and then in the NBA, I had Atlanta plus the four and a half. My God, I was coaching as hard as they were playing. Okay? <laughs> sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I'll start off this week. We had a pretty decent week last week. Mixed bag, I'd say. 
had some really good days, a five and one day. We had a one and five day. We had some in between. That's what that's about. You're not going to win every day. I know people keep track, so keep track of us and spread the word around. Win daily. Yeah, there we go. Sports. WinDailySports.com and follow us at WinDaily. I noticed our Twitter handle's up a little bit because you can't be taking our winners and not giving us something back. Give us something back. Give us something to hang on to. All right. I'll go first. I only got one game, Handsome. One game. uh, All right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's a Monday. It's sleepy. It's a little rainy here in Chicago. But one game's all you need. Milwaukee Brewers versus the Chicago Cubs right down the street here about 90 miles, okay? Kyle Hendricks, the professor. Well, really, he's the second one. He shouldn't be the professor because it was Maddox. Against Freddie Peralta, who's been on fire this year. I have ZRA in the twos. But so Hendricks is a winner, but it's a hell of a lineup. He's not a nibbler. He's got a, a fastball that looks pretty good because he's got a decent change, decent curveball. If you, I'm taking the run line at minus 160 tonight, getting the run in a half. Uh, but I'd make it, if you want to play the uh, uh, the money line, you can do that at plus 130. One unit, though. One unit at the most. Uh, but that's the only game that I saw. That's worth the damn on the board to me tonight. Johnny, over to you. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, – I was looking at that game, too. I was looking at the under seven and a half. Uh, and I Woo. think we might see that. It, it's been – I know the Brewers have put up a little bit of offense, but it was against the Colorado Rockies, who were uh, are not a great team on the road and not great pitching on the road. So uh, I think the Brewers were, uh, I think, fooling people a little bit with their offense. So, you know, I'll actually stick with that one uh, because I'm talking myself into it now. I like that one Yeah, I think Peralta and Hendricks will be good. It's seven and a half, I think, right now. Seven and a half at minus one twenty, so that's a beautiful thing. Any any other picks, my friend? Uh, I'm taking the San Francisco Giants on the money line. They have one of their best pitchers on the mound, Trevor Bauer. Obviously, you see that and you go, "Oh no, that's a great pitcher." But uh, Di Scafini has been great, eight and two with a two point seven seven ERA. But I don't know why the number continues to be this this low or this high. I guess for the the Giants, they're one of the best teams, maybe if not the best team in Major League Baseball right now. Plus one fifty five. I, I just don't I don't see that. Uh, I think that's a little bit too much with both you know teams having their better pitchers. So I'm taking the Giants uh plus one. It's almost it's almost like Vegas. It's almost like the handicappers don't believe in San Francisco. Yeah. Now that being said, I took Oakland yesterday against them. Okay. Um and Oakland did well. San yeah. Yeah, and Oakland, I took and Oakland, Oakland played well. Yeah. And and I, I had them. I did well in baseball yesterday, not well in golf or in the NBA. Um, but I, I like what Oakland did. Is San Francisco doing it with mirrors? I think is LA playing. I think we could all say they're underachieving right now, no matter what they do. They got a million dollar lineup. They just were no hit by Zach Davies. You know what? We never asked why was he pulled? No, I why didn't. was he pulled? Yeah. You know, even Chicago didn't even ask this. I'm, I'm looking and I go, you know, B, I just, Thought of something. They had a combination of, I tell my wife, they had a combination of pitchers. I don't know what happened to Zach Davies. Don't you go for the no-hitter? Yeah. I, you, I, right? I, I, yeah, I think you go for it until either he lets up that hit or he's completely telling you, like, I can't. I don't have anything left. 
I mean, if uh, unless that happens, you, you got to keep no, him. No, you're not saying he pulled himself out of a no-hitter, though. No, 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 I don't think he did. No, but uh, that's that's the only two circumstances you would ever pull out somebody. To just pull him out because, uh, you know, you, you want to go to the bullpen or, you know, think that he's done. I don't I, – I always like giving him a chance. I really do. By the way – I, if you want to take the Clippers, enter at your own risk. The handsome and the affable yes. Sion, the God, has come on and said, give me the Suns. Give me the Suns. I know one last, last baseball when was, the, when was the last time anybody before this year ever said, believe give me, me the Suns. <laughs> give me the Suns. Yeah. I go back to Elvin Adams. I go back. I remember when it was an expansion team. I know my buddy Jerry Colangelo, who owned them. I mean, my God, the Van Arsdale twins, Elvin Adams. When was the last time anybody ever said, give me the Suns? <laughs> give me the Suns. Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you what. Anything else? Or is that about it, my friend? Uh, I'll do one more real quick. I'll take a team total over five and a half on the Reds. Phillies, a pitcher who barely go over three innings. That means a lot of bullpen for the Phillies and bad bullpen for the Phillies. So I uh, like the Reds. God bless you. God bless all you. We'll be back tomorrow for the tw- fastest 20 minutes in sports and most accurate. Goodbye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.